This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Unprepared. That's the headline from the Jerusalem Post today. Unprepared. Another says we have no sense of security. Survivors are telling their stories. No sense of security anywhere. Amid the so-called greatest security force on the planet, certainly in the Middle East. Rows of tanks, closed shops. Israel's north now prepares for war. And at the same time, our president, after an hour and a half or two-hour wait from his initial announcement, said the attack by Hamas was an act of sheer evil. But at the same time, at the same time, the same president has declared, listen to this, the president absolutely is firm that climate change is more frightening than nuclear war. So climate change is what is on the mind and heart of Mr. Biden. Not Israel so much, that's incidental. It's climate change, friends, because the world is about ready to collapse. Indeed, it is collapsing from his viewpoint. The Pope also agrees. And so it seems that there's, well, wars and rumors of wars. And then, of course, there's reality. Wars, rumors of wars, and reality. While Iran is declared to be behind Hamas in their all-out war on Israel. Lindsey Graham, the senator, is urging the U.S. to blow up Iran's oil refineries if, if hostages are harmed, which they already have been. Others are saying that Biden only emboldened the terrorists, and therefore Congress must demand that Mr. Biden freeze the $6 billion that were headed for Iran. At the same time, unspeakable horrors. Dozens of babies' heads chopped off by this loving crew that's interested only in peace, called fundamentalist Muslims in the name of Hamas. So I welcome you to Viewpoint, friends. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms And I trust that today will be a no exception. Now, if you expected here today to hear just a regurgitation of that which you can hear on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or Newsmax or wherever you uh, happen to be prone to listen to anything categorized as news, no, you're not going to hear it that way here on Viewpoint today. Yes, we are going to talk about those things, and we already have. I've given you the headlines, and they speak louder than perhaps anything else we could say. On the other hand, there is much more to say in response. You see, it's not just analyzing or regurgitating news and information that gets people stirred up. Yes, the information is helpful, and we're interested in the information, and people are glued to their televisions. On the other hand, the question that continues to arise over everything else is the word why. 
why are these things happening? Why is this particular event happening? And where does it sit in the context of greater biblical prophecy and the uh, end of the age, the so-called Battle of Armageddon, the Battle of Gog and Magog, and all of these other things where Jesus said, told us there would be wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence in many places, and then he said this is just the beginning of sorrows. Yet there's plenty of sorrow out there, isn't it? Just listen to the lament, and it's well understandable. Listen to the lament of men and women whose families have been virtually crucified over there in Israel, especially down in the south area where a whole kibbutz was destroyed, babies slaughtered, everything was gone. There was no sense of compassion, no sense of honoring that human beings are made in the image of God. There's nothing like that, because actually it's war. But what kind of war is it? You see, we need to be asking questions that are go to the heart of the matter, because the heart of the matter is always the heart. And, as Jeremiah told us, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Even our founders in this country knew that, and that's why they gave us a three-branched government, checks and balances, to try to balance out and protect against the unwieldy and unrighteous hearts of humankind. Yes, even those who came here from Europe to establish this country. But what if, what if there is a complete twisting of that, such that coming from a fellow by the name of Muhammad, back in the 500 and something A.D., there in Saudi Arabia, he should decide that God has spoken to him, and uh, he has now formed a religion called Islam. It was formerly called Mohammedanism, Mohammedanism, named after Muhammad, but then the name got changed to Islam, and those who practice Islam are either Muslims or Islamists. And so we have this eroding, not eroding, but uh, evolving language as it's associated with Islam. But the reality is that our founders... Yes, even Thomas Jefferson and those in the founding generation of this country feared Islam. They called them Mohammedanism, and they felt that they were nothing but terrorists. That's right. And if you go back, you'll find, contrary to what Barack Obama tried to tell America when he became president, Islam was not prominent in the founding of this country, except in a profoundly negative way. A profoundly negative way. Now, I'm not speaking to individual persons right now who happen to be historically or currently practicers, uh, practitioners of the Islamic faith. No, we're talking about the fundamentals of a religion and a religious persuasion called Islam that drives people to do what they do. And, indeed, Muhammad commanded the people to look for the Jews and the Christians everywhere they could, even behind the trees, and to kill them whatever they could. Some might say, well, no, 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 that's not, that's not what Muhammad has said. He actually was rather peaceful. Well, that's right, he was. 
That was in the beginning. In the beginning, he was rather peaceful because he thought that he could persuade the Jews and the Christians to embrace Islam. But when he found that they resisted, then everything changed. Everything changed dramatically. So from that time on, the edicts came out, no, you've got to get rid of these Christians, you've got to get rid of these Jewish people, because they are the enemies of the conquest of Islam to rule the world. After all, that's our destiny. Now, if you do not understand these things, it is impossible for you to even understand the threshold of what is driving this war in Israel today. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And I want to shift away for the next 10 or 10 minutes or so to focus on what some say is the foundation for this war. Now, again, don't think that somehow we're going to end up, this program is going to end up just going through and regurgitating all of the so-called facts or speculations or so on concerning this war. No, we're going to lead you through a series of these, but for a reason. And when we get to that ultimate reason, friends, you need to be able to lift up your head and listen very, very carefully. First of all, one has written, Michael Massey has written, about the biblical origins of the Arab barbarism against Israel. Yes, indeed, Hamas are Arabs. The Gaza Strip is filled with Arabs. The West Bank is filled with Arabs. These are descendants, long descendants of a fellow by the name of Abraham. Abraham was not only the father of Isaac, the son of promise, but before that he was the father of Ishmael. Ishmael was born of Abraham and an Egyptian mother by the name of Hagar. Therefore, Ishmael is directly linked to Egypt and the spirit of Egypt, but more than that, God spoke directly to Hagar, Ishmael's mother, when she was in the desert. He told her specifically, you can read about this in the book of Genesis. I urge you to do that. He told her that uh, he was not going to let, let her son Ishmael die, but rather was going to make provision for him, and out of him would come 12 princes and that he would multiply and so on. But 
He also told Hagar that he would be a wild man. Now, there are various interpretations of that and what the Bible actually said there. And uh, some have said that he was going to be a, a wild ass. Well, I don't normally, I don't use that term, ass, in conversation. I don't even use it when I read the Bible. I say donkey. On the other hand, we could say God said he was going to be a wild donkey. Okay, some might say, well, you're accusing him of being an animal. No, that's not what God had in mind. What he was trying to say is he would not be sustainable, controllable, and his people group and descendants would be characterized by being against everyone and everyone against them. That's what God said. So, who are we to disagree with what God said? That goes back to the very beginning. But the Arabs, a.k.a. Arab Muslims now, argue, well, no, all those things about Isaac and him being the son of promise, that was really a mistake. That was not the real words in the scripture. The real words with the Ishmael was the son of promise. And they maintain that to this very day. So they then, from that conclusion, even though it defies the very words on the page that they can well read, they are willing to go on killing pillages They're willing to create nuclear bombs for the express purpose of ruling the world and destroying all Jews, Christians, and anyone else who would refuse to submit and surrender to Islam. That's where it is. It's very simple. On the other hand, there are those who are saying, no, uh, in fact, the the new uh, political leader, underneath Mr. Erdogan in Turkey is saying, look, there's a very easy solution to this war. All you have to do is agree to form a a Palestinian state. A Palestinian state in which they have uh, complete independent authority and so on. And the war will end and there will be peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Friends, That's an illusion. It's a delusion. History has proven that that is not the case. In fact, the very words of those for the Palestinian Authority, from Hamas, from Hezbollah, and so on, have clearly stated that once we get Jerusalem, we get the whole world. Once we get Israel, we get the whole world. In other words, the whole idea that it's just a matter of settling a Palestinian state is absolute political deception and nonsense. That is not the goal. That's just the way to try to seduce the rest of the world into going against Israel. Then, a writer from the Russian Times says, the Israel-Palestinian war is Washington's fault. Because if we had just been nicer to the Palestinian people, then we would have avoided this war. I disagree. Because their goal was not about achieving niceness. It was not about having a Palestinian state. That's just the preliminary step to gaining all of Israel 
the Temple Mount, and the world. In fact, Islam has already decreed. I believe the Ayatollah himself decreed that Israel, excuse me, Islam, via the Ayatollah, will sit upon the Temple Mount and rule the world. Now, Harvard students, these wonderful, educated Harvard students who know nothing about history, who have abandoned all fear of the Lord that's emblazoned on the entry gates to Harvard upon which Harvard was founded. They've repudiated it all, and now they know better than the Bible. They know better than God. They know better than the founders of of Harvard, and now they're blaming Israel for Hamas's assault and sparking outrage. Go figure. Then, Iraq. You know, we went in there supposedly to try to save Iraq for democracy. That's what George W. Bush said. But now, a leading Iraqi politician is threatening to target the United States if it backs Israel. You see how this is growing. Another article from the Russian Times says that Israel's war on Hamas could lead to the end of the Gaza enclave. I agree, it could. Maybe it should. Maybe the Gaza enclave is not in God's mind and heart to continue. You say, well, why would you say that? Because God gave the meats and bounds of Israel to Abraham in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, chapter 15, chapter 18, and so on. You go back there, you'll read it. From the river of Egypt and the Great Sea, that's the Mediterranean, to the Euphrates River. Does Israel occupy that land today? No. Did Israel ever occupy that land? Yes, under King David and Solomon. Under the United Kingdom, uh, Israel did occupy that land and certainly as completed under Solomon. But when the ten northern tribes rebelled against the leadership of Solomon's son, everything changed. Everything changed. Israel lost its territory to the Assyrians. All that was left was Judah and Benjamin in the south. Eventually, 135 years later, Even the southern Jewish people lost their territorial heritage for a while because they were taken captive by Babylon for 70 years. But then they came back. They came back and occupied and uh, governed in Israel. Uh, Cyrus, the Persian king, helped them build the uh, second, rebuild the second temple which they maintained until 70 A.D. when the Romans came in and destroyed the temple and drove the people away from the promised land. Now, after almost 2,000 years, they're back in the promised land, just as God said they would be to fulfill his covenant, because he keeps his word. God keeps his word. He's giving them the land back. The question, though, is whether they're giving him their life back. And that is not happening. Therefore, 
there is going to be increasing pressure against Israel and the Jewish people, both in Israel and around the world, it's going to mount and mount and mount until the pressure becomes so great that in their final existential moment, they will look upon him whom they have pierced, who comes to deliver them in one final act of display of his promise to preserve them and to keep them, even if it be a small remnant. And they will look upon him whom they appear, says the prophet Zechariah, and weep for him as for their only son. They won't weep together. They'll weep separately because they're going to be in such agony that over these 2,000 years, they rejected the very one who came to save them. Until then, they'll look for their own salvation, even if it includes America. Maybe God will have to remove America from their hope in order for them to truly trust God. Maybe wars, rumors of war and reality. That's what we're looking at here today on Viewpoint. As the people cry, we have no security and we were unprepared. No security and unprepared. Are you prepared? You say, prepared for what? Well, prepared for war. Biden called it an attack of sheer evil. Do you think that what God has foretold foretold in the Bible concerning these end times is going to be a piece of cake for people in the Western world and America? You've got to be kidding me. Are you somehow different than all the other peoples of the planet? Does God love you more when Isaiah says all the nations are as a drop in the bucket? You say, well, are, are you against your own country? No, I'm not against my own country. I love my country. Land of my birth. <clears throat> this is my country, formerly grandest on earth. I have pledged you my allegiance, America the bold, for this is my country to have and to hold. And that's why I have devoted the past 30 years of my life at the height of my career to plead the ultimate cause of a lifetime to a jury of my peers, the American people, but specifically the church in America, because we're unprepared. Repeat that word, unprepared. Our purpose is to prepare, not to build bomb bunkers somewhere or safe houses somewhere, because Hamas is even piercing those and blowing the doors off of them and coming in and slaughtering the people. You can run, but you can't hide. You can't hide from Hamas, and you can't hide from God, especially. So, the real issue before us is, are we unprepared? Israel, supposedly the most prepared country in the world, was radically unprepared. And have suffered terrible losses. It's embarrassing to them. It was embarrassing to the United States of America when 
19 renegade Saudis hijacked airplanes and flew into the World Trade Center towers, made their way around to the nation's capital on their way, and they were downed by the heroic actions of one man and attacked directly our premier center of defense, the United States Pentagon. And you think, you have the temerity to think that we're absolutely protected against all harm? Well, the only way we can be protected against harm, friends, is through his sheltering arm. I'm living by faith, and only then will I feel no alarm. Right out of the song that we used to sing. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Is Iran behind the sheer acts of evil perpetrated by Hamas? Most likely. Most likely. Iran is the fomenting point for almost all terrorism in the world today. Although much terrorism used to be fomented by Saudi Arabia. So why are we trying to negotiate and do a do-si-do with Saudi Arabia? Can Saudi Arabia and Israel actually make peace? When Saudi Arabia is the very foundation and heartthrob of Islam, fundamentalist Islam, called Wahhabism? Is this another fool's errand, like George W. Bush thinking he can save the world for democracy by converting countries and Muslim countries that have no interest in democracy and their entire system of Sharia law forbids it virtually. We're just playing games. False salvation, that's what we're engaged in. False salvation messages. And it doesn't work. It makes you feel good for a while, thinking you have an agenda, but it doesn't work. There's only one Savior only one salvation, only one Messiah, and you might just want to get a copy of my book, Messiah. Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Because it shows so many of the contestants now that are rising up all over the world and deceiving untold millions, yes, indeed, billions of people to follow their false messianic ways. 
the $22 book. Yours for $18 right there on our website. I'm going to make it $15. $15 right there on our website. I'm going to do that because I want to get the message out. I don't want there to be anything inhibiting you from getting the message. Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. On our website, saveus.org. Write to us at Save America Ministries. Call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. And also, uh, Antichrist, obviously. Both of those are $22 books. We're offering them for $15 each. And uh, if you get those two or any two books at the same time, it'll be uh, $5 postage and handling for the first book, $2 for each successive book. All right. Now, before we get back into the deep on this issue concerning uh, Israel, Iran, uh, Hamas, and so on, I want to talk specifically to our listeners in Massachusetts and Connecticut and New York. Again, we have been letting you know for a month now that we are going to come up there. My wife and I are coming back to visit you and have our one of our great breakfasts together on November 4th, Saturday morning, November 4th, from 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Let me tell you, friends, if you have ever attended one of these, you don't want to miss it. People, they yearn for us to come back. They say, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? We missed last year because of COVID. We're coming back. November 4th, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock in the morning at the uh, Crestview Country Club in Agawam, Massachusetts. It's a great site, wonderful site for having this gathering together. The breakfast is great. Uh, It's a buffet breakfast. Everything is available. Uh, It's not one of these cheap breakfasts. No, this is a very good breakfast. The cost is $30 for, that obviously covers the the room rental and uh, and the breakfast, and we're not making any money on that at all. So I hope that you will make arrangements and register for that breakfast. You can do it by going to our website, saveus.org, saveus.org, and uh, go to the uh... – <laughs> anyway, where you're going to purchase something, Okay. And then go up in the upper right-hand corner, and it says the breakfast there. Sign up for the breakfast. Or you can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA, and we'll sign you up that way. Or you can write us a check at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, and $30.00. For each person, uh, if you're going to sign up for more than one person, make sure you give us their name. We want to make sure we have everybody's name. And uh, now the numbers are starting to, to, to really fall in. So you want to make sure that you can get in and uh, that you do it timely because there is a uh, uh, an end date there, a deadline. And don't wait. Don't wait thinking you're going to find something better to do. Make your decision. Make your decision and then commit and uh, 
We'll look forward to seeing you. Also, uh, numerous spots are being aired on radio stations in Massachusetts uh, and uh, Connecticut, and you'll probably be hearing those spots. You can follow up on those as well. All right, look forward to seeing you. We'll be back now into what we're talking about here. All right, a sheer act of evil. That's what Biden said this afternoon about Hamas attacking. He just doesn't seem to have any answers about what we're going to do. And besides which, he set the whole thing up, as did his predecessor. His predecessor, I'm talking about uh, Barack Obama, who behind the strings has been pulling Biden's uh, hair to let him know what he should do. Uh, But when Barack Obama gave $150 billion to to Iran to supposedly uh, encourage Iran not to create nuclear power for 10 years, that 10 years is long past now, friends. That 10 years has passed. And so Iran is is preparing that nuclear power quickly, and we're told that they could actually develop that within two weeks. Within two weeks. So uh, Biden is playing the game now with regard to uh, Iran and thinking that somehow we can, first of all, he negotiated to release, what is it, four or five American uh, hostages by giving Iran $6 billion. Apparently that money has not left our hands yet. So Congress is saying, hey, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't send the money. You were duped. You were foolish. They're emboldened. Terrorists freeze the $6 billion. I mean, when dozens of babies' heads are being chopped off, these people are not acting like human beings. They're acting like the very wild people that God said the descendants of Ishmael would be as a people group. That doesn't mean that every single one is going to be like that, but as a people group. Now, just to show you uh, how this spirit pervades not only Iran, not only Hamas, But how about the United States? Listen to this, my friends. An ex-CIA chief, former chief of the CIA, has come out with an absolute stunning statement calling for the removal from the human race. That's the word he used, from the human race of a sitting U.S. Senator, Tommy Tuberville. Republican from Alabama. Why? Well, General Hayden, who infamously signed onto a letter during the 2020 election that falsely suggested the Biden family scandals revealed in a computer that Hunter Biden abandoned at a repair shop was Russian disinformation, responded on social media now to a question about whether Tuberville should be removed from committee assignments in the Senate. Because Tuberville has been the target of leftists and Democrats because of his objections to the Pentagon violating federal law by using taxpayer funding to facilitate abortions. 
Hooverville says, no, we're not going to pass. We're not going to allow these recommended new leaders appointments from Mr. Biden to pass the Senate with those kinds of demands in the budget. We're not going to do it. Which means the Senate has to vote on every one of these people individually, which is a long list. So, this hyper-liberal former CIA head, General Hayden, has come out with the most amazing statement, suggesting that Tuberville be killed for his stance. Because that's totally a sane thing, he said, that someone who is not a wannabe autocrat oligarch would say and what he's saying. The commentary said that removing Tuberville from that position wouldn't be enough. It appears that Hayden was suggesting assassination. Really? And that's in this country, friends? And you want to ask your sons and daughters to join a military with leadership like that? You're calling for the extermination of your political enemies? And he was the director of the CIA? Think about the terrifying implications of that, my friends. You see, the war is going on not just over there. It's going on here big time. Big time. Now, I'm going to shift now. Even as rows of tanks and shops are closing in northern Israel now, as they prepare for war, believing that Hezbollah, with a hundred thousand terrorists, is getting ready to attack. How then should you and I live? Is there anything we should know? We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today, October 10th, the year was 732 A.D. One of the world's world's history's most decisive battles saved Europe from becoming Islamic. And, interestingly, none other than Adolf Hitler regretted that that happened. Why? 
precisely a hundred years after the death of Islam's prophet Muhammad in 632 A.D., a century which had seen the conquest of thousands of square miles of formerly Christian lands, including Syria, Egypt, North Africa, and Spain. The scimitar of Islam found itself in the heart of Europe in 732, facing the continent's chief military power, the Franks. After the Muslim hordes, which reportedly numbered 80,000 men, had ravaged most of southwestern France, slaughtering and enslaving countless victims, they met and clashed with 30,000 Frankish infantrymen uh, under the leadership of Charles Martel on October 10th. An anonymous medieval Arab chronicler describes the battle like this. Near the river Loire, the two great hosts of the two languages, Arabic and Latin, and the two creeds, Islam and Christianity, were set in array against each other. The hearts of his captains and his men were filled with wrath and pride, and they were the first to begin the fight, that is, the Muslims. The Muslim horsemen dashed fierce and frequent toward and forward against the battalions of the Franks, who resisted manfully, and many fell dead on either side until the going down of the sun. Entirely consisting of wild, headlong charges, the Muslim attack proved ineffective, though. For the men of the north stood as motionless as a wall. They were like a belt of ice, frozen together and not to be dissolved, and they slew the Arab with the sword. The Franks, vast of limb and iron of hand, hewed on bravely in the thick of the fight. The Franks refused to break ranks and allowed successive horsemen to gallop through the gaps, which Arab cavalry tactics relied on. But instead, they tightened their ranks and drawn up in a band around their chief, Charles. The people of the Austrasians uh, uh, carried all before them. Their tireless hands drove their swords down to the breasts of the foe. At one point, Allah's warriors surrounded and trapped Charles, but he fought as fiercely as the hungry wolf falls upon the stag. And by the grace of our Lord, he wrought a great slaughter upon the enemies of Christian faith. This was he first called Martel. For as a hammer of iron, of steel, and of every other metal, even to so he dashed and smote in the battle all his enemies. That saved Europe until the last 30 or 40 years, in which Europe, having abandoned the fear of the Lord and have embraced a new liberalism that said we must embrace through political correctness, multiculturalism, religious pluralism, and political correctness, decided to welcome in Muslims from all over the world. And now, Israel, excuse me, now Europe is paying the price triple time. Israel cannot afford to allow this to happen. And neither can you. Neither can America. Because the invaders are not about democracy. They have no respect whatsoever for democracy. 
they have no respect for the fear of the God who made and preserved us a nation. They intend to rule the world under Islam. Now, here's the problem. Have you noticed that for the, for the past uh, number of years, Americans have lost their sense of security? Have you noticed that? It's the same cry that came in the headline from the Jerusalem Post today. We have no sense of security in Israel. It's supposed to be the great poobah of defense and uh, uh, technological identification of the enemy. And they were unprepared. That's the other headline from the Jerusalem Post, unprepared. Here's our problem today. Please listen carefully. Americans have no real sense of security today. Not really. We don't we don't trust our government. It lies, cheats and steals. Does nothing that it says it's going to do does everything that it says it won't do, and we have no trust. It's affecting the economy. It's affecting our spiritual lives. It's affecting our emotional lives. It's affecting the morality of our families. It's affecting the education in our schools. It's affecting everything. We feel we have no security. And, in reality, friends, the real war is not political. The real war is not with arms and cannons and tanks and uh, whatever, jets. The biggest war is a spiritual war, and we are radically unprepared. Just unprepared. As I'm writing this book, and I'm now two-thirds the through, way through chapter six of my new book, uh, When Persecution Comes, with every day that I write, more material pours in from all over the world how rapidly persecution is coming. Do you think the Jewish people in Israel are not being persecuted by the forces of Islam? through Hamas, and through Iran? That's exactly what it is, my friends. And those kinds of forces are growing in the earth. They're growing against Americans. They're being fostered and fomented in nations like Canada and Australia and New Zealand and other Western nations. When Jesus talked about wars and rumors of wars, maybe he wasn't just talking about warfare the way we normally think of it. Because the greater war is the one that will take you to perdition. Jesus said, don't fear those who are able to kill the body. 
Fear those who are able to take you into hell. To destroy your soul. But we don't. Our pastors are not teaching and preaching it. They're afraid of the people. And the people are afraid of their friends. And they're afraid of their neighbors. They're afraid of uh, the teachers in their schools. They're afraid of everything. Afraid of their employers. Just afraid. No trust. We do not have secure trust in the Lord. We just don't. I'm writing that in this chapter right now. God's prescription for victory in these times. It's the centerpiece of this book that will come out next year. No, it's not ahead of its time. In fact, it almost is behind its time because things are moving so rapidly. But people will not be able to receive it until they feel like they're under pressure. Israel's under pressure. And the pressure is going to continue to grow until Israel says, enough is enough, and that will not happen if they think the pressure coming from Hamas is great today. They ain't seen nothing yet. If you read the book of Zechariah, you'll find out why. God said, look, I'm going to keep my promises, but you haven't kept yours. I brought you back to the land, just like I said I would. But you're refusing to keep my promises, my covenant. You said you married me like I married you, but you're not acting like you're married. You're acting like a bunch of whores. You're acting fornicating and frolicking. You're doing your own thing. You don't trust me. You're playing religious pretend games. You're playing to be Orthodox Jews, or you're playing this or playing that, and you're just not obeying my voice. You're not even hearing my voice. You rejected me, the very incarnation of the living word of God. You rejected me wholeheartedly. You straight armed me like a football player that would push down his foe. And that's what we're doing today in America. We're doing it even in our churches, friends. I'm sorry. I'm having to tell you the truth. It's hard to tell the truth to people that you love. God loves us, loves you too. He loves us all. But he's not willing to allow us to get by with our whorish shenanigans. Where we play let's pretend. Let's pretend we're a Christian. We'll go into the church and then we'll fornicate, frolic, commit adultery, engaged in porn, deceive our neighbors, lie, cheat, steal on our taxes and whatever when we leave the church. You see the problem? It's just God just shakes his head. I want to be a father unto you, but you you just continue to resist me. Unprepared. Wars, rumors, and reality. I hope you're listening with your heart today. There's no finger pointing here. 
I can't see your face, can't see the whites in your eyes, so to speak. And we're all in this together. My wife and I have talked about this. You know, we're, we're all sinners needing to walk in the righteousness of God. We need to repent. We need to come clean before God. We say, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. From your viewpoint, not from other people's viewpoint. From your viewpoint, Lord. And lead me in the way everlasting. Get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. All of these will direct your understanding as to the times that we are really in. All of those books that I have written, 10 books, are all progressively designed and written for the express purpose to prepare the way of the Lord in each one of us, in God's house, for history's final hour. They're not like most other books. They are not, they're, they're loaded with information, don't get me wrong. And they're fascinating. But the applications are such that they produce life change. Yeah, even the book out of Egypt, my friends. My goodness, what a life-changing book that is. Anyway, thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint Today. Those of you who are in Massachusetts and Connecticut and New York, please uh, go to our website, saveus.org, and uh, sign up for the breakfast for November 4th, or give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us. Now, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes. Pray that they will come to know Yeshua, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. Trust the Lord with all your heart, friend. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your path. He will. God bless you. He'll bless You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.